There's a lot of people out there that don't know that this kind of clothing exists. Some of the gear we were getting issued as SEALs was not that great. And I said, let's design the ideal op pant right now on the board. Everything it needs, the nice to have, the must haves, and we kind of blended it together. And that's actually when the first prototypes were starting to be made. You don't like it or it's not quality, I'll pay for it for you. <laughs> if we're not conscious of the fact that we are our parents, then we become our parents. The problem is so many of us let these things happen and we think it's just life. I've always said this, your worst case scenario is never that bad. Exactly. It's I'm never as bad as you think it's going to be. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Heavy Checklist. We're here. And it's been a while. But not as long as it could have been. True. Like we're, we're, we're being somewhat consistent, which is fantastic. It's this, another year. This, it's 24. Yeah, this is consistency in your life. This is consistency in my life. Absolutely. Yeah. But hey, to my defense, I've been the one that's been trying to say, hey, let's do it. Let's schedule very let's make it. Very true. Right? That's very true. Yeah. Right? Marcus? I've just been waiting for you to call, man. Here I am. I, I, do, get, I do get a random text like, hey, man, it's one in the morning. Hey, man, you want to do a podcast in 20 minutes? I'm yeah. Like, ah, Dave's working, but hey, he's just can't not, sleep. <laughs> yeah, not there yet. No, listen, guys, we have, uh, we're doing a podcast today because we have a very special guest with us. This is somebody that, um, is a new acquaintance, new friend of mine, but I feel like I've known him for a long time for some reason. Mr. Bear Handlin, welcome. Um, Bear, you uh, you caught my attention. Was on... it his hair? What is it? Was Dude, it the no, hair? The ba- here's the thing. <laughs> this is actually funny. That's part of the story. Okay. I was on Instagram cruising around. I'm a sucker for ads. This last Christmas season, bro, I bought everything I saw on TV and TikTok and Instagram. I was, my grandpa used to do this. He used to buy everything I'd seen on TV and we'd always make fun of him. I'm turning into my grandpa. I'm buying all sorts <laughs> of stuff. So anytime a, an ad gets served to me, I pay attention to it yeah. because one, I'm in that business and I like to see what kind of ads people are using. And two, I saw this really cool apparel on, on, um, Instagram. Now I've fallen for this before. I bought some stuff. Um, I hate to put these guys on blast, but I'm going to do it. Freedom industries is a company, um, that sells really cool American patriotic looking gear online. Yeah. It's, not good gear it's the shoes are okay like they don't fit right no it's or? they use really weird material like i bought a hoodie that was like made out of like neoprene Ugh. and it would never warm up it never got warm it looked cool had a cool design anyways i bought a bunch of stuff from them and i wasn't real happy with it okay. so i see bear stuff pop up and it's kind of similar vibe but it looked better so i was like i'll, I'll roll the dice place an order stuff shows up and i was just like holy shit i know i remember i've been like these this apparel was custom made for me. This is not to, to stoke the fact that you're here. He texted me and said something about how great the gear was. And I was like, cool, dude, don't text me back till you have my order sent to my house. <laughs> no kidding. Now, every time I see him, he's like, dude, you got to get some of these pants. Like, he doesn't remember that we talked about yeah. it. Yeah, well, we got to get you squared away, I, man. I'm waiting. Now Heck that you're yeah. here, I'm not going to have to rely on him That's anymore. right. You go directly to me. We got yeah. you. So, but for those joke. of you who are only listening on the audio platforms, do me a favor. Stop real quick and go to Instagram and type in, is it Bear Handling or Bear Dot? Yeah. Bear Handling. So, so you can understand this majestic man that we're speaking <laughs> with. I literally feel hair. like Mufasa sitting on the other side it's of the table. His hair, it's feathered to perfection. Yeah, it is beautiful. Uh, Bear's a beautiful man, and he has a beautiful product. So anyways, I ordered these pants, super pumped, went back on uh, the website, and I was like trying to learn about who started the company or whatever, and he's on the website. And so I look him up, and I shoot him a quick message. I was like, hey, man, I've been in the apparel business. I just wanted to say thank you. Like, you built some really solid stuff. This is good stuff, and he's just... Did he leave you on red for a while? I don't think so. I, I, I was actually sitting in the hot tub drinking a beer when you messaged me, and I <laughs> yeah. was like... And then I was like, wait a second. I went to your page, and I was like, holy fuck. You got like, <laughs> you got like 4 million followers yeah. or something. I was like, oh, shit. All right, dude, right on. I yeah. appreciate it, yeah. So we started chatting, yeah. and uh, I was like, man, thank you for building this cool apparel. And he's like, hey, let me hook you up. So he sent out this assortment of stuff that was just like... 
Yeah. Dude, I think the I think the packing list said seventy two items. <laughs> it was a lot of stuff. So that's what I should expect in so, my. So yeah, that's yeah, the you're standard. That's the standard. <laughs> the standard yeah, yeah. care cool. package. Yeah. Right. The standard bear package. <laughs> um, no, he's a bear. You've done an incredible job. You've built a business that is very. Um, it's a, it's a solid business from what from the outside looking in. Obviously, I know every small business has uh, struggles. So I want to get into who you are real quick, uh, just kind of explain your background and then we'll get into kind of what got you here today. Uh, you're a veteran. Yes. You were a Navy SEAL. Yes. How eight years. Ago? Yeah. Just under eight years. Yeah, I got out uh, at the end of 2021. So I've been a civilian for about two years now. Okay. Wow. And I'm, I'm sure you must have all kinds of amazing war stories. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, we, we missed the war, dude. Yeah. Too, too late. You were in just kind of during training time. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah we trained a lot. Yeah. Um, we got really good at training. Did but, you like yeah. it? Yeah, it was awesome, man. What team? Yeah. I was at uh, Team 2. Oh, Team 2. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So you yeah. went through Buds and all that stuff. Did the whole deal, yeah. Is yeah. Buds so, as hard as everybody says it is? Uh, we'll put it in perspective, you know, for our crew, we started with, I think, 200, around 215 guys. Yeah. And by the end of Hell Week, we had 19 left. So, Jeez. Um, and that's only, like, a few weeks into the program. So, so if, that, if that puts it in perspective. I mean, yes, it was really hard. Um, a lot of hard dudes go there and don't make it. Um, I, I, got, I have a serious question. Yeah. What was it in you and in the 19 that, that made it that they had, that, that the others didn't that failed? Um, I've wanted to ask this question a lot, I, and I haven't asked this question. Uh, yeah, I've, I've tried to deconstruct this a bit. I, I think it ultimately comes down to, I heard somebody put this, you know, and I thought it was spot on. And, and not to say, like, the guys that don't make it, awesome dudes, patriots, you know, anytime I run and they're, into, and they're badass dudes. They Let's are, yeah. I mean, we had all American swimmers, all American wrestlers, Olympians like that didn't make it, right? You know, all American lacrosse players like these are studs. Um, you know, top tier guys. And so, you know, I've I've run into guys that I went through training with that didn't make it, and I always make a point to tell them like, hey man, don't hold, you know, hang your head because yeah. you're still a patriot and yeah. you still had the balls to try it. Yeah. Um, that being said, I think the guys that make it are the ones that actually want to do the job once they're done with training. Got um, you. So I the think, ones I that think, have an end goal. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think the guys that definitely the guys that don't make it are the ones that want to just say they're a Navy SEAL. Yeah. That 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 does not hold up in the first uh, couple okay. days. They they quickly realize like, okay, I, didn't, <laughs> I don't want to say it that bad. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that ultimately the guys that make it, um, you know, you really want to do the job once you you know get done with the training and, and also more importantly, like they they've convinced in their head that there's no off ramp, right? Yeah. It's just, hey, this is just what we're doing. We burn the boats, and this really sucks, but eventually it'll end. Yeah. And you know what I mean? You still have to perform, but the guys that give themselves a backup plan, they're screwed. Because every guy will take the backup plan in that scenario 100% of the and time. You, you didn't have a backup plan? No, that was it. You know what I mean? It was like, this is just what we're doing. Um, <laughs> I was married at the time, and I was 26, and I was staring at the ceiling every night thinking about this because 9-11 happened. I was in eighth grade. I thought I was going to do it. I eventually went to college to play football. I was going to enlist out of high school. I worked a drug deal with my parents. They said, hey, why don't you go to this football thing, and then you can do it when you get out. And then when I graduated, um, I started working for Red Bull, and I got a lot of family pressure to not do it. And I eventually, like, shelved the dream for a little while. So I was in my mid-20s. But I was thinking about it every day. It was consuming my mind. And so I finally went to my wife at the time, Mallory, who founded the business with me. She founded Born Primitive with me. Um, and I said, hey, like, I can't kick this. So you got to, like, basically take 24 hours, think about it. Um, and if you don't want to be married to me, like, we need to decide right now because I'm doing this and, and that's it. Like, there's no... Jeez. And I, and I was like, I hate to give you that ultimatum, but I don't want to have resent my, resentment right. my whole life that the people stopped me from doing my dream. Was she opposed to it? 
Initially. Yeah, she was opposed oh, to it. Sure. You know, we had a really good life in Indiana. You know what I mean? We had good jobs and we, you know, had a good friend group and you know what I mean? It was, it was a good, easy life. Um, and, uh, so, you know, the next morning she basically woke up and was like, all right, you, you can do it, but you better not effing quit. You know what I mean? And yeah. I was like, all right, it's solid. So she helped me not have an off right because I wasn't going to drag her off across the country and uproot our lives to then quit. Um, so that was, that was part of it. Um, and, uh, you know, you just take it one one meal at a time. You know what, dude? I have genuinely wondered this question, and I don't mean to get deep right off of the bat. I really don't. But I, I had a conversation. In fact, I've become really good friends with Andy Stump. Um, okay. And we, we talked about this. I actually had him speak at one of my events. And I, I asked the same question. And, and he had a good answer, but it was very similar to yours. But I think what's cool if you, like, really look at that is – Everybody wants something in life, right? Like, I want to be rich, or I want to be this, or I want to be that. But when when you say, like, when you burn the boats and there's no other option, there was probably only 19 people that really did that. Everybody else, and I'm not talking shit on those people who didn't actually make it, but when you, you really break it down, 19 people were like, there is nothing left. There's nothing else. I have to achieve this. I think that has... There's a much bigger meaning, especially for the people that are listening. Like, if you want to accomplish anything in life, that's the way you have to do it or else get the fuck out. Which, by the way, that's why your clothing apparel company has been successful because you said it took you six years to even become successful. And in your mind, you were like, dude, we burned the boats. We're building a, a company. And most people at five years would have been like, I'm out. Let's go get another nine to five job. And that's why I asked that question. Yeah, it's, it's spot on, man. Yeah, it, it goes back to the, do you know the Cortez story with burning the boats? Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, that, yeah. it goes back to that, yeah. and that's why they succeeded. Tell, tell, that, tell that story because most listeners probably that, don't. Some people have heard the term, but they don't know where it actually comes yeah, from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want me to tell yeah, us? Yeah, sure. tell us so here. Cortez brought the boys across the ocean, and I, I believe the, I can't, is it the, was it the Aztecs? Yeah. Or, yeah, and and they had not been conquered in like yep. hundreds of years, yep. right? And Cortez brought them, you know, they were going to kind of try to, you know, take them over and get all the treasures and everything. And Cortez was sensing, like, a lack of resolve in the men. They were they were weary of being at yep. sea, and they basically wanted to turn around and go back. And they said, I think, let's go back. Yeah, and I think they were even going to, like, basically steal a couple of the ships and go back. So uh-huh. he was, like, he his guys weren't dialed, and they weren't, you know, ready to do the mission. So they, they made landfall, and I think he had tricked them into thinking, like, they were going to go back the next day. Yep. And in the middle of the night, he burned all the boats. Um, and then, mm. you know, so the next day, he basically was like, hey, the only way you're ever going back to your families ever again is on their boats. And the only way that's going to happen is if we conquer them. Yep. So they had what, I think they had, what, 300 guys or something mm-hmm. like that? Yeah. Um, and that army had, you know, that civilization had not been conquered in hundreds of years. But, like, now the guys are, you know, on this beach, like, all right, we literally, the only way forward, the no only choice. way to ever see our families again is to conquer these people yeah. and take their boats and back home. And take their boats. Yeah. Cortez was um, the Spaniards, right? Yeah. 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 So that, you know, it's, it's of course now used in a lot of analogies, but. But nobody know. really knows where it comes from. That's yeah. why I like yeah, that Yeah, that's, that's the, it's, I mean, it, and obviously I'm sure that got bent quite a bit over yeah. time, but it's, even if it's like partly made up, it's pretty freaking badass. But it's the coolest story ever. Yeah. So you're like, hey, uh, I don't know if I want to be here. Let's jump back on the boat. And you wake up the next morning and you're like, holy shit, he just burned them down and yep. sunk them. Yeah. I have no choice. No off ramps anymore. That's such a cool story. Yeah. But you have to do that in your mind, like you said. Absolutely. Um, for things, in, and then it forces, you have to be successful because there's I, no alternative. I will tell you, one of the only reasons I've ever seen this guy be successful is because I think every time he does something, he burns <laughs> to the ground knowing that, that that is the option. Like, I've been in, on many trips with him that it's like, I don't want to do this, man. And he's like, well, cool, we we burned that 
to the ground. We can't <laughs> we can't really go back there, yeah. and that's why he continues to be successful in the in the things that he's doing because it's always like, all right, dude, we burn the boats. And as a friend, I don't always like it, yeah. but we always see success because his mentality almost always. And Marcus knows he's been friends with him longer than I have. It's like he just burns them to the ground, and you're like, all right, I guess uh, we have to kill them and take their boats. <laughs> totally, fortune favors the bold. Yeah, man. absolutely. Yeah, you got to you got to you know go, go big. The crazy thing is, I do it. Um, subconsciously i don't even know that i'm doing it that's i think just, that's true it's just kind of wired into me i've never um failure for me is not really an option and it's not that it doesn't happen it's that i don't uh i don't even acknowledge it i just if if <laughs> if i fail it's not a failure it's just another step in the process yeah. for me and so I've, I've always kind of viewed it a little bit differently um and i know we're not supposed to use this word and i'm not trying to be you know rude or anything but uh everybody's a lot of people say i have retard confidence because i just have the confidence of somebody who doesn't even un understand or fathom the fact that they could fail or yeah. lose and so it's always it served me well it, dude, so i'm not real talented no but it's always like when you know when you're like it's getting too hard let's go back dave's like well we burned it to the ground so we don't have an option well, I don't want to jump over these hurdles. Well, we have to because there's no other option. Right. And that's why it's always like, well, we failed, but we're going to keep going. Yeah. yeah. And I think being a little blinded to the risk is, is really a really good thing because I look back and I kind of have the <laughs> same mentality of like, thank God I didn't know what I was getting myself into. Because right. if yeah. someone had said, all right, let's roll the tape, um, you know, you're going to do this thing. It's going to take you it's six and a half years to even like ever pay yourself. Um, you're going to end up getting divorced because of it. Um, you're going to be, you know, while you're active duty, every spare minute you have in your life, you're going to be doing this other thing. You're going to be stressed out all the time. You're going to be solving problems all the time because you don't know what you're doing. And at the end of it, you know, per the kind of stats from startups, like there's a 7 to 8% chance you're actually you're ever going to actually be successful. Right. If someone had broken that down for me on day one, I'd be like, that's the dumbest thing ever. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, I'm good. I'll just go do my military thing and I'll live a good life. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So, but you're blind to it. You just go. Yeah, you just, um, nobody yeah. ever taught me how to calculate risk. Yeah. I never, I, I had parents that were, you know, fairly bold and, and you know, um, ambitious. And I just never learned how. And I never, once I understood what risk was, I never wanted to learn how. Because I knew that if I did, I would start getting that whole analysis, uh, analysis paralysis. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you just think too much. And I see this in my kids sometimes. And it's, it's like the one main thing that I'm trying to work with, with one of my uh, sons. He has a hard time making decisions. And I'm trying to get it in his head early in life, violence of action. Just go, go, yeah. go. It may not be the right decision the first time, but that's okay. You just got going. You did something, and you're going to make mistakes. Take those mistakes. Don't make them again. It's just a very simple process, but I think a lot of us, we never learn it. We never get that, uh, you know, we are our parents, right? Yeah. Whether we like it or not, yeah. we, we are our parents. And so whoever our parents were no. is, is partly, well, no, in some ways, not. in some ways. We can learn from our parents, but... If we don't, if we're not conscious of the fact that we are our parents, then we become our parents. Yeah. yeah. If you're conscious of it and you're paying attention to it and you're, and you're watching and you're, you're, you're connecting the dots between your behavior and your parents' behavior and your childhood behavior, then you can learn what to correct. The problem yeah. is so many of us let these things happen and we think it's just life and it's part of who we are and it's part of what we have to go through. Well, it's not. It's not something that we have to, to, to dwell in. We can actually we can actually make mistakes and be okay. Yeah. Because I've always said this, your worst case scenario is never that bad. Exactly. It's I, never as bad as you think it's going to be. I feel like I, I want to ask Marcus, cause he is the, the regular listener. Why do you say, why do you say no? What do you mean? 
Oh, because well, I, I, I just do, do things very differently than my family. But, yeah. the, but the reason I yeah. ask that question is because it really is the truth. You, your platform that you created was from the voices well, you heard I'll when be you honest. were little. That's why I asked that question. What was it? One of our very first episodes, right? We had Rich Agat on, which I think both for you and me was like a huge mentor, right? Yep. Yeah. So I saw my dad's life, which Shout I Shout out to dad. Rich, by the way. I love Rich. Yeah, absolutely. And me and him had a failed business. It ended kind of bad. And looking back, that was pretty much just because I was young and dumb and didn't appreciate everything that he was doing. And now I see everything he taught me, and it was a million-dollar education. For sure. You know what I mean? Totally. Yep. But I seen my dad, and he would work 80 hours a week, construction, getting paid. And it was yeah. just overtime and overtime, and it was freaking grinding. And then it was like, after you do the overtime, you get side jobs on the weekends so yeah. that you can make enough money so that your family could do okay. And then I moved to Utah and started working for Rich at a motorcycle shop. And he was like, hey, man, um, I got to take off. I'm taking the family down to Disneyland this weekend. <laughs> hey, dude, I can't work tomorrow because my son has a field trip. And I'm going on the field trip as, like, the parent supervisor. Yeah. Oh, they got a soccer game. It's out of town. We got to go. So I had these two separate, like, examples. And from that, I was like, huh. I, I love my dad's work ethic, right? And, yeah. I, and I will always be the hardest working person. I'm sure you could see me at events. Absolutely. I'm always... Hardest working person, but then I also seen the smarter side of it, yeah. of what it means to work smarter. And in fact, I got to make an announcement. Never had a band name. This is a big deal. You right? have a band? Yeah, I've got a band. And we we came up with our name, and it, it sinks right into this. It's called Dumb Enough. I like that. Because smart like people that. never freaking make decisions because they overthink it and they calculate it. It's like you're saying, it's like, nah, but I have this, nah, blah, blah, but I can't do it. I think a lot of us are just dumb enough to think we can do it. <laughs> yeah. And you go out and do it, and then you, you realize later it was a little harder than you thought it was, but you have that blind confidence, and you're dumb enough to think that no matter what you want to do, you can do it. And so I started a band when I was 39, never <laughs> didn't know how to play an instrument, and now we're going to take over Dave's shop next week because we're dumb enough to think we do that and put on a concert. Well, well dude, you actually sound good. When yeah. you first started to tell me about it, my brother was always kind of in a band growing up, and so I they always played heard in my backyard. Wait, yeah. wait, which you're – my brother Taylor. Taylor. Smart one? Yeah, he's a genius. Okay. Uh, and I freaking hated band practice. It was the <laughs> worst. Like, it's just, it never sounded good. They never played a full song. They were always just trying bits and pieces. So I grew up kind of, like, hating that. And so that's kind of what I expected from a garage band with you. But, you dude, you put on a show at your house with a stage, and your kids are playing the instruments, and you guys <laughs> actually sounded good. It was really cool. And it came out of nowhere. Like, one day we hear Marcus is learning the bass guitar. Next thing you know, he's got... 400 people at his house show, throwing a concert. <laughs> Some people want to make millions of dollars. Other people want to put on backyard concerts. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and honestly, the backyard, backyard, backyard concert concerts. will make you way happier than the million dollars. Well, yeah. I've way had happier. a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So, Bear, you um, you went in. You did the Navy SEAL thing. Um, how old were you when you went in? 26. Is that old? Uh, It's older, yeah. For a SEAL, yeah. right? Did yeah. you get picked on for that reason, like in... in like seal training because no. I know they pil sometimes they pick out the older guys and not really no, no. um I was would a, you pick I, on him I, no well I was <laughs> no, I was like a I was bigger you know I, I'm I'm probably 240 now but I, I cut a little I was like 230 but for that training you That's don't need big. you don't want to be big no, right you know what I mean so you know I I get a little bit of that of like you're not gonna make it you're, you're too heavy you know what I mean yeah. and, you know that, that always fired me up but now the old thing you know I think it was a little bit of an advantage you have a little more life experience and mm -hmm. some of these kids are coming in not a lot of them but there are a few like 18 19 year olds and they're just not most of them are not mature enough yet to really grasp it 
Um, we had one 19 year old kid who was just a scrappy kid from um, from um, L.A. that made it. Who's like 140 pounds and just a, an absolute savage. Um, yeah. But so they, some of the young guys do make it. But I think being in your 20s a little bit helps. Yeah. yeah. So tell us about your childhood. Was it a normal childhood? Did you have anything unique situation? Did your parents divorce or anything like that? Good upbringing. I got really lucky. Just normal Midwestern family. I'm the youngest of three brothers. Um, so my, my older brothers are involved in the business too. But uh, we just grew up playing sports, you know, all the time. Um, and then we were, you know, we kind of all had the entrepreneurial itch. So like I started like a lawn mowing business when I was in like sixth grade and then grew it to like a pretty substantial business and did it through college. So I think that's where I got the itch to like be my own boss. And, yeah. Um, and you know, I was really into sports and for whatever reason, I, I put a big emphasis on, on school. Like I think my parents drove that, but I was, I recognized an opportunity of, all right, if I can focus on grades and be a good athlete, it'll open up doors for me. And that led me to being able to play football at Yale. Um, so I got, got recruited by the, by the Ivy league schools. And Fielder you play? School. I was a middle linebacker. Okay. So we got to go do that. Um, awesome experience. And, um, but yeah, so I got really lucky, man. My parents set a really good example. Um, I don't have any crazy, you know, it, it was just, I got, I got drew a really good hand on that one. Yeah. And, and a lot of the, the, the values that I have today are directly from them. And, um, you know, just trying to make them proud when we do this thing. So you're still close with your parents. Oh yeah. Yeah. They live out in Virginia beach now. And then my oldest brother is our CFO. I got, I uprooted him from his consulting job in Chicago oh, nice. and he's out in Virginia beach now too. So That's I got cool. almost the whole fam. My, my middle brother's uh, been doing wall street since he got out of college and, okay. um, he was also a Yale football player. So, um, kind of followed in his footsteps. Yeah. Yeah. So you got out when you were around 34. Yeah. Yep. And did you start the brand when you got out? No, no. So I started born primitive, about a month, a couple months before I joined the Navy, okay. um, which was the dumbest thing ever, but <laughs> dumb enough, right? That's yeah. what we're talking about. Um, I, I was big in a CrossFit at the time. I, I, was, I competed at the CrossFit Games. I was trying to prepare for training because I knew it was going to be physically super demanding. So I took up CrossFit. Um, we were doing a lot of Olympic lifting in CrossFit. Um, and there's a certain movement if you guys you know, do snatch the, you know, the Olympic movement. You can drill like your pubic bone, up, you know, down there on the transition portion of the lift, and we kept that kept happening to me. So long story short, on which lift? Uh, snatch. Okay. Snatch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I took an old football girdle. My neighbor was a seamstress. I went over there with a shitty pair of compression shorts, and we cut out the quad pad from the girdle, football girdle, and I said, "Can you stitch this to the groin area?" And so me and uh, her husband drank a gin and tonic on the back deck. She whipped out the sewing machine, sewed it together. That was the first prototype. That's technically when Born Print was born. So huh. I, I would wear that to the gym when we had Olympic lifting that day programmed. The idea would be I would just wear it a couple of days a week and wash it, and it's one of one, right? Yeah. But guys at the gym saw it and like, dude, you should market that. And I was like, no one would buy this shit. So <laughs> I, I researched, you know, the Olympic lifting the community and realized that there were really, there was like world medalists that like had had this problem and actually had fractured their pubic bone in competition. Yeah. So I was like, actually, maybe I'm not the only idiot that, that yeah. has this thing. Long story short, I self-educated myself on supply chain and starting business and all this stuff. And, uh, basically got the final product, like right before I went to officer candidate school in the Navy. You know, I remember it was 200 units. That was the minimum order, which to me at the time was terrifying. Yeah. I got to officer candidate school and um, I was like, man, I got to be able to run my business while I'm here. It's 12 months, 12 weeks, and it's like lockdown. It's boot camp, right? Um, but I learned from the first day that the only person that keeps their phone for 12 weeks is the class leader. Yeah. So I was like, I got to be class leader. So I, I basically, you, each guy gets like a 30-second speech if you want to be class leader, yeah. and somehow I got it. So I got my phone for 12 more weeks. So at night, 
we get back to the room exhausted and you know you got to shine your boots and do all this bullshit you're going to work i'd be at the window with one bar like emailing suppliers and making calls right and my roommates thought i was nuts they're like dude you got to shine your boots and this and that like no man i gotta i'm running my business like i gotta i gotta make so even from the beginning um you know it was just very scrappy and then when i got out to seal training um you know running that on the side of that was nuts because i you know there were times i'd come back home on the weekend after getting my ass handed to me all week and my wife would be like hey we got an event in anaheim tomorrow we got to pack the jeep we're leaving at five and i'd be like fucking kidding me <laughs> um and then oh yeah and we have one in la on sunday because right? you were in coronado right yeah. yeah um and i wasn't even allowed to do that technically so i was like breaking the rules and i should have been sleeping and like getting a massage and like prepping my gear Healing. um yeah like sharpening my knives and doing all the shit like all the other guys were doing over the weekend to prep for the next week yeah. and i'd come back sunday night we'd have to like re-inventory everything in the garage and i'm getting the you talk about sunday scaries dude you see sunday scaries when, I, when you got to go to that the next day yeah, is, is on a whole nother level yeah. Um, but again, dumb enough, right? Like at, I think back and I'm like, whole, I don't know how I did that. Um, but at the time it's just, this is just what we're doing. And it was the only option for you. It was the only option. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, little by little, it started to pick up some steam and we got into like performance athletic wear, you know, that, cause that was like the first item, but I was like, all right, there's not that many guys I can sell this to. Like I gotta, I gotta expand. Right. Um, so that's why we, you know, the, the brand became a bigger thing and, then sports bras and leggings and like you know nice workout apparel and then and then little by little we just kept branching out um but it was just going to crossfit events man we packed a jeep yeah. and just card table try to talk to people i mean talk about acquiring those early customers oh, man yeah it was just loyalty because they'd be like oh it seems like a good family a good dude like yeah. i'll buy one of your hoodies you know what I mean? that was it yeah. that was your first that's your first customer acquisition strategy because yep. you, you have no other way to do it yeah. right yeah. um so yeah it's slow going in the beginning as you know so yeah. you started that when you were 26 yeah. around there. So how old are you now? I'm 35. 35. Yeah. So you're going on, coming on 10 years. Yeah. And it's, crazy. it's been growing every year. Yeah. Yeah, it has, man. It's, it's, uh, it's been nuts. We got over set. We got 70 employees now. I'm yeah. built, building a 50,000 square foot facility in Virginia beach. That'll have our headquarters and our fulfillment center, nice. a, gi a giant gym, uh, wellness float tubs, you know, the yeah. whole deal. Um, retail store and then uh, you know we're sold all over the world now we got international distributors and everything so it's yeah. just getting totally nuts where uh, where are your products in retail stores uh, mostly online like from our website like yeah. direct and consumer but we're we're going after big retail like oh, as cool. we speak cool. um, we brought in a big hitter that like that's his that's what he does yeah and we're, I'm turning him loose nice. um, but we're in the Navy exchanges and, and on some of the other bases like yeah. if they're you know they're kind of um, stores on base and those have done really well so so for the listener to get your stuff, it's all going to be online, right? Yeah, bornprimitive.com. Yeah, bornprimitive.com. Right? Yeah, born so, yeah. and that's uh, the interesting thing about this brand. When I first came across it, I noticed there was a very heavy CrossFit vibe, and I've seen the CrossFit brands before, and I don't, I wasn't real impressed with their products. Yeah. Not only because the quality wasn't always there, but also because it was so niche. It was like CrossFit only. Like this was this was just stuff that CrossFitters wore. Like it was like your badge of honor. That's yeah. kind of how the way the apparel looked. Looking at your your website, I was a little concerned. Like I like this guy's stuff, but does he have anything more than just CrossFit? You get into the website and there's like a tactical section. There's yeah. a like if you're a police officer or you're in the military or whatever, and you're looking for the most comfortable gear you can get, that's actually lightweight and rugged and holds up and stretchy and like good, good shit. That's the only option I've ever found. I've, I've bought a lot of these functional work uh, apparel recently over the last five years, a lot of different brands. And there's a lot of great brands out there. True work is one that I love. Um, that was actually kind of the first, um, kind of my first step into the workwear space because we had the apparel company called diesel power gear. And essentially, um, 
it was never meant to be an apparel company. We started as a sweepstakes marketing company. Uh, 2013, we got a ton of traffic online, started going viral, and we were like, we got to sell something to these people. And so I turned to my friend, Rich Eggett, um, who's a, he also mentored me. I worked for him for a long time. I called him. I was like, hey, man, um, I'm thinking about running a, a raffle or sweepstakes, but it's illegal to do that for profit. Uh, like, do you have any suggestions? And he's like, yeah, sell something. Just sell, sell a wristband. Because as long as you give them a physical product, then it's no longer a lottery. There you go. Um, and so I was like, hey, that's a great idea. So we, we grabbed this truck, built it up, put it online, and put it up for sale. And all we had for sale was these rubber wristbands that said diesel power. And I got them from China on Alibaba or something, <laughs> and I ordered a ton of them. Yeah. And we were selling them for 25 bucks a piece because it was $5 per dollar, or one entry for every $5 you spent. And, dude, it blew up it was crazy it blew like after a month we were sold out of the wristband and i was like okay well now what and so i had a couple guys working with me at the time and they're like well let's do some t-shirts and so we started printing t-shirts and dude we like got thrown directly in the furnace yeah when it came to the apparel business because we didn't know anything about it you know everybody can sell t-shirts but this is back nowadays it's easier to sell a t-shirt you can go find an online vendor have them do your designs send traffic to the website they sell it ship it, everything, they just send you a kickback. That's how most people are doing it. We decided we wanted to like own the whole process because we were growing so big. And then when our TV show hit Discovery Channel, that just threw a lot of fuel on the fire. Oh, yeah. So we uh, we started our own fulfillment warehouse and we started like really getting into the nitty gritty of making our own functional apparel because anybody can go buy blanks. Anybody can go buy a next level or an American apparel shirt or whatever. When you go to try to make your own stuff, <laughs> dude, I thought... I thought that it would be maybe a little harder than buying blanks. Bro, building your own <laughs> T-shirt, even just a T-shirt, is one of the most frustrating processes in the world because I like athletic fit. I like a shirt that's not going to be boxy. I don't want big square sleeves. Like the, the shirts that we're all wearing, the yeah. kind of shirts that – but, you know, our demographic at the time was mostly truckers and kind of – you know, dudes who bought their shirts at truck stops yep, and they're used to kind of the bigger baggier fit. So all of our customers wanted the big boxy Gildan shirts and we wanted athletic fit. And so we had this <laughs> brand and it was like, we're trying to teach these people new fashion and new style while at the same time trying to build new apparel and trying to create new fabrics. Dude, it is so incredibly hard. It's one of the hardest things I've ever done simply because you can't just control the whole process. You can't just go get a, a loom and unless you're origin, right? And yeah, which fact, is that's the only apparel that, that I wear is origin and born that's primitive. Literally that's literally what it. I'm wearing right now. Cause we, you know, Pete, the owner of origin, I, I don't know him personally. No. So yeah. we, we met him just recently and, and I was just listening to him talk about apparel and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, no, we actually build our shit. Yeah. You know, you know like, how they started, right? Uh -huh. they, they bought an old 1880 uh, fabric loom in an old rundown warehouse in, in Virginia. I yeah. Think. yeah. It's, it's Virginia, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, they're right up there by you. Okay. Um, and and they, they got this loom insane. running, and they started making their own denim, and now they're killing it. They're, I think, what do you say, like 100,000 square foot yeah, facility? Dude, and his shit is so cool, but for me, what was so cool is he was like, no, we make it. Yeah, that's I'm like, yeah, yeah, but where do you where in China do you yeah. get it? You know, are those like, their no, pants? No, no. Uh, no, these are... Uh, Shit, that's their shirt. This though. is their shirt, yeah. yeah. And it, dude, these this and, stuff dude, the is, thing is, you look at that shirt, and you're like, oh, it's just a blank T-shirt. No, it's no. not. The it's, fit, it's the, the cut, the wear. So walk us through that process because there's a lot of people that listen to our podcast that have their small businesses and they sell apparel and stuff like that. What advice would you give? And um, as you get into the more custom stuff, is there anything that somebody can do to kind of expedite that process? 
I think the short answer would be don't do it. <laughs> I, I, that's what I say. I tell that's him, what um, he tells people. It's funny. I, I was at Shot Show a few weeks ago, and um, I was talking to a, a big a big guy in the in the apparel game, and he's out of the game now. And he we had had a few beers, and he came up to me. He's like, dude. I don't know how the hell you do it. Like, I'm so glad to be out of that game. Like, <laughs> yeah. I still have nightmares of that shit. But he's like, hey, props for what you've been able to do. Um, you know, I think you got to get a technical apparel designer. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, if if you don't know how to do it, it'll, it'll be difficult. What do you um, mean by a technical apparel like designer? It, it, so it, it took us seven years to find this person. So in the early days, it was Mallory and I just winging it. Yeah. Kind of probably how you were doing it, uh -huh. right? Um, and we were scrappy enough to figure it out. Um, I really don't have a playbook to do that. Um you know, you have to vet suppliers. That's big because a lot of times the the what you're promised versus what you get when you actually pay them is a big difference. And and the, these are places that like, they're, it's not like they're gonna be like, oh yeah, never mind, we'll we'll remake it. Like you know what I mean? So there's a there's so many landmines in the game where yeah. if, you know if you if you wire two hundred grand somewhere and like all of a sudden the goods you get are terrible, there might be no recourse. And then you never hear from them. Exactly. Again. Um. So you really have to vet suppliers and um. You know, d you know, I would say crawl walk run for sure yeah. um and you know early in the game i would do conservative orders even if you think you have the the, the grand slam like Bro. like test the concept <laughs> yeah when, that, when we first started selling t-shirts um a kid that was working for me got real excited and he started kind of handling the ordering and stuff he went and ordered um I don't know if it was a typo or if he just had a lot of confidence in us. <laughs> 10,000 of um, the America back-to-back -back World War Champs shirts. Um, and we were selling them. They were selling like crazy. About two weeks into selling them, we get a cease and desist letter from somebody who owns that design. Oh, no. And so we have 10,000 shirts, bro. Oh, no. And it's just like, I thought we were done. I was just like, I don't, I, how do we recover from this? Maybe just give them a royalty. Okay, we'll give you two bucks yeah, a shirt. We, we yeah, we tried. Yeah. Um, we tried work. Dude, I don't know why. But we have been the target of some of the biggest bullshit, like, lawsuits and things How like that. How many cease and desist Dude. did we get when we were doing Diesel Power Gear? I was getting one lawsuit a month during like the TV show. Ones. Yeah, I mean, like real, we, like, full-filed lawsuits. He, I mean, even he, we came out one year in, like, 2017 with tires. 2016, yeah. With tires. And, and we they, were killing and, it. And then got a cease and desist. Like, it was incredible. Yeah, we, we've learned the hard way. There's a lot of stories that we haven't even told our listeners yet that kind of starting to get into more on the podcast because I feel a little older and wiser. Um, we closed the apparel company finally because uh, that's actually a funny story. You know Diesel Jeans? Uh, I don't think Diesel so. Diesel Cologne. Diesel okay. It's it's a uh, Italian company, I think. Okay. Anyways, they make really kind of high end, nice jeans. Okay. Um, they sued us because our company was called Diesel Power Gear. Yeah. And our shirts would say like Diesel Power and stuff like that. Anyways, they sued us in, oh, in New York. That's crap. Which was insane, and they won by, like a landslide. Oh no! The judge gave them everything, and it's like the word diesel is describing a product. It's a fuel. It's an engine. Yeah. It's something like that. Like, how do you own that phrase? Yeah. And, we, and we weren't even just saying these, none of our apparel said diesel only. It always said diesel something, diesel power, whatever. And uh, yeah, the judge just gave them everything. And apparently <laughs> this is something they do a lot. I've heard stories from a lot of other companies, like even companies like diesel repair shops, full blown shutdown because diesel jeans went after them because that company sold a t-shirt to a customer or whatever. It's um, yeah, we learned, we learned trial by fire for sure. And I don't miss it at all, which is why I'm grateful for people like you. I'm grateful for people like you that are, that are willing to take the brain damage and go. Like, dude, if you look at these, I'm going to stand up real quick. Look at these pants. There's a zipper here, pocket here. There's a pocket. I think there's one down on my calf. 
I think the first time you showed them to me, you pulled your phone out of your calf. <laughs> this this cargo pocket has a rubber or has a uh, elastic, elastic band yep. that holds stuff in it. Like they, the, the crotch has got like this special cut. The knees have the special cut with the special different fabric. Yep. Like you've just done a really good job. And I want to spend a little time talking about this because it's uh, it's there's a lot of people out there who just don't know that this kind of clothing exists. Yeah. They think if they just go to Walmart or the mall, though, those are their options. Guys, there's better options for your fit out there. Everybody has a different fit and different preferences. Go shop around. Go take the risk. Go order from a company like Born Primitive. Go order from Born Primitive. Like I can almost guarantee, in fact, if you order from Born Primitive and you get the apparel and you don't like it or it's not quality, I'll pay for it for you. <laughs> Jeez. I, I, that's confidence there. I, that's, legit, a that's a better offer I got to frame that up. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's a better that's offer a, than I'll you I'll print off some coupons. Yeah. Coupons. Coupons. Yeah. That's no, it's, um, it's an incredible product that you've built. And where you stand now, do you see yourself continuing to develop more and more new and exciting stuff that the industry may have, maybe haven't seen before? Yeah. Well, let me, real quick, I'll get you up to speed on on for the listeners what we're talking about yeah. so the pant you're wearing is our, our op assault pant yeah that is the, that was designed for operators so you know seals screen break it's a tactical pant but as you know like it's a great work pant too right. like i wear the black ones and then the brown ones all the time like because yeah. it doesn't it doesn't quite look like an op pant like if i wear it to the grocery store people like why is that guy wearing millet like you know what i mean they're, yeah. they're conspicuous enough that it's not weird um that so that that stemmed from we launched born Print tactical in october of this year that's something that I've been wanting to do for a really long time. When I was in the military, you know, you get this giant gear load out when you first check into, like, your platoon, right? Yeah. And you get everything. It's like Christmas. You think it's badass. <laughs> you start wearing all the stuff, and I, and I quickly was, like, you know, kind of um, disappointed that some of the gear we were getting issued, you know, as, as SEALs was, like, not that great um, by brands that honestly didn't support what we were doing anyway for the job. So yeah. it was like a double whammy, and that planted the seed in my head. Eventually, I'm going to do this. Yeah. Uh, so we have our op camis, which is like you're wearing the pants. Like that's what we'd wear if you throw body armor on. We go run around. Like we'd, we'd be wearing those pants and an op top. Right. So I was like, eventually I'm going to do op camis. And then additionally, you know, we would do a lot of cold weather training and, you know, um, go up to Alaska and, you know, be in really cold environments. So we get like a layering system. Yeah. Um, base layers, mid layers, outer layers. And we get trained in kind of yeah. how to survive in the cold and all that. And that layering system wasn't great either. And that was another seed. I was like, I'm going to eventually do that. So. That's how Born Primitive Outdoor was born. That was, you know, two years ago. Okay. Do you know Aaron Snyder? He's a big bow hunter. He's he's big in the outdoor name. space. Yeah. I paired up with Aaron. I was like, hey, I, I'm I'm eighty. I know eighty percent of what we need, but I need I need the last twenty percent to come from you. He like he's in the field two hundred fifty days out of the year. Yeah. So I got the product to the eighty percent mark, and then sent the prototypes to him, and then he messed with all the pockets and everything. Um, and like we launched our outdoor brand, which basically was that layering system. Yeah. Then phase two of that was tactical. So that just launched. Um, okay. The cool thing about the tactical part is that pant you're wearing right now. That's probably why I saw it on Instagram. You guys were advertising. Yeah, we just line. started running ads. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's probably, you know, my mean mug on there talking <laughs> yeah. about them um, yeah. with a helicopter behind it. You know, we were out in Arizona yep. shooting. And we yep. said, hey, let's just explain it. And those ads are actually doing really well, which is funny. But um, first deployment, 2017, we were bored. And I was like, and I was pissed with the pants we were got. And since I was in a pair, I was like, let's, I got on the whiteboard. I said, I had like the whole platoon there. We're just screwing around, you know, shooting the shit. I said, let's design like the, 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 the ideal op pant right now on the board. Yeah. And you know, every guy was the end customer. So we were like, we put everything it needs. Yeah. 
the nice to haves, the must haves, and we kind of blended it together. And that's actually when the first prototypes were starting to be made. Huh. So this pen has been in the work for way too long. Yeah. Um, and well, we, it shows. we we finally got it over the over the finish line. And, and the good thing is, like, it's every little detail is thought through. Yeah. Because wh- when we approach like product releases, in my mind, it's like, all right, had you because you're a great example. If if someone goes to our site for the first time and get it's their first ever experience with the brand and they get a product that I they just don't made like. An order. Oh, there we go. Boom. First order. But Bam. that first order to, to get loyalty, it's critical, right? So if you ever release products that don't aren't up to par, you lose them. So if you had gone to the site and got a pair of assault pants and you're like, ah, I, I the same thing that happened with Freedom Industries. I would have never heard from you. Obviously, I wouldn't be your friend and we wouldn't be doing this cool shit, yeah. but you would have never ordered again, right? Yeah, right? So for me, it's like you have to nail the details because the details matter. So yeah. I'd rather take an extra two years. Yep. And when, when when we slap our logo on that thing and also kind of my name behind it, like that, it's got to matter. 100%. Um, and that's kind of what, you know, so we teeny the shit out of that pant. We had guys jumping out of planes in it and going in cold environments, going in the ocean, getting them wet. We were weighing it. We were doing different fabrics to see how much it would weigh when it was wet versus alternative fabrics because that matters to us for getting wet yeah. all those little things man we we, we thought through and then finally we're like all right i think we got it I let's do it. this thing so um is there 10 i think i counted i think 10 pockets yeah i think so yeah on one yeah. Yeah. but yeah, it doesn't look like it these yeah. don't look like the big baggy cargo pants. and I, I got think knee pads coming for you there yeah. are built-in knee pads like if that's the if, coolest part yeah so um you know if you guys are working around you know on your knees and doing yeah, shit because so the, yeah. the pants have a slit somewhere where you can slide them in yeah right? the internal to the knee pad in, okay yeah inside, so yeah. you just got to turn them inside out do them real yeah. quick and then flip them back it's guys um, i'm telling you if we have a lot of blue collar guys that listen to the podcast that are, you know are rough on their gear I promise you, if you try this stuff out, you're going to like it. And you've got, like you said, those thermal layers. You've got different options. And so um, I kind of just rotate through a different blend of the of the layers that, that he has. But every single day I'm wearing the pants. And I can. the cool part is I, I get pretty dirty during the workday. And so typically a pair of pants will only be good for a day or two. Yeah. Like I'll have to wash them. Yeah. I can wear these pants for a week, a week and a half. I don't know how it happens, but they, like the dust and stuff, they'll be dirty. And then at the end of the day, they'll be clean. Like, it just kind of just rolls off of it. I don't know if that's just me or if that's magic behind the, the design of the pants, yeah. but it's good, good shit. Well, we yeah. treat, um, you know, this is kind of the next level up. We, we started treating all the stuff with this silver treatment. So, yeah. like, they spray this mist on the fabric rolls, and it's like, makes it antimicrobial and all oh. that. And I was in this dilemma. I was like, all right, is anyone, no one's going to notice this. Yeah. It's way more expensive. But I was like, if these guys are going to be wearing this, especially my guys, like, for, like you said, four or five days in the time, you know, and it's going to yeah. get all stinky, if this will make it inhibit, bacteria growth and it will last longer we got to do it so we do like little shit like that that the customer doesn't see like yeah. we, we, that shit matters well i mean just look at the flannel he's wearing marcus you're a flannel guy right what's your Love biggest flannels. frustration with flannels uh well for me personally it's just fitting because i'm a yeah. tall weird sized individual i'm the same so they're either boxy yep. or short long yep. arms you, it's either 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 baggy enough yep. right to get your arm length, but then they're super baggy and short, or they're right. too totally. small and they're way up your arm. Another thing that bugs me is the fabric gets fuzzy, and so they always just look a little dingy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't see a single fuzz coming off of that. That's, I've had this, it just I've looks crazy. worn this a million times, and, yeah. and it stretches too. Yeah, that's so, what I love. Uh, one thing with our stuff, man, it's so it's such a simple thing. Is like I think everything should stretch. Oh, you know what I mean? So like, you know, so the jeans I'm wearing, you know, where they're stretch, it's stretchy denim, the flannel stretches, those op pants have stretchy panels around the knees and on, on the butt. So like when you drop down to a knee, that right. shit stretches. Yeah. So, so much of what we make, honestly, was just like, let's just make it stretch. I like, don't understand so why so nobody simple. else understands this principle. <laughs> and that everything dude. should be stretchy unless you're going and sitting all day long. Even if you're sitting. Sh- everything yeah. should yep. be yep. stretchy. Yep. 
Another thing yeah. I love, actually, that that was the first pair of pants I bought was your black denim. Um, yeah. Because I was just looking for some some denim because uh, all my pants didn't fit or they were just destroyed. And the denim is super stretchy, yeah. like insanely stretchy. And I remember I was at home and I put them on and my daughter, she's 12. Um, I was just walking around and she normally doesn't say anything about what I'm wearing. And she looks at me, she's like, Dad, I like those pants. Nice. <laughs> Never has she ever commented on my clothing. I'm just like, all right, yeah, I like this. I'm this cool. is good. And so I, I was set with that. But it's, um, yeah, I don't want to spend the whole podcast talking about your apparel. But what I do want to do is, um, in fact, you know what we should do? Do you want to give our listeners like a discount? Yeah. Should we just make it up let's on the fly? It. Yeah, let's just Should do we it. just do, should we do Diesel 20? Yep, let's do it. Diesel we'll 20. It. That would be and awesome. Okay. Marcus, did you already buy without the code? I did put my first <laughs> order in there, but I got no problem supporting. I, you know I know what a mean? guy. I know a guy. We can <laughs> no, take care of you. No, no, no. Um, I, I when will this air? Because I'll have to set uh, it up. Where's Nate? We can get with you. Well, should yeah. we run it for like, what, seven days? Yeah, let's run it for a week. All right, we'll run it for a week. I think this will probably air within the next week. Okay. Um, so, yeah, get it set up. Diesel okay. 20, 20% off your order. Yep, that Hell would be yeah. awesome. Dude, that's awesome. For, for the listeners, so if you go to bornprim.com, it has everything we talked about. If you want more of an outdoor experience, like dudes drawing bows and like the real outdoor shit, yep. go to bornprimoutdoor.com. And then if you want you know, dudes running around with tattoos and suppressed rifles and body armor, go to bornprimoutactical.com. Does it all have the same? Is all of it? On born all of it is on bornprim.com, but, but if you just want a, yeah. a different site experience, um, but yes, if you go to bornprim.com and search these collections, you can find all of it. So that's probably the, the biggest recommendation. Dude, I was expecting like a 5% discount. 20 yeah. is huge. Guys. Well, hey man, let's get them in the mix. Yeah, um, I agree. Right. You know, we're, we're confident in the product and, and obviously they support you guys and you guys support us. So, yeah. you know, we'd love to, you know, we're, we're, a, we're a family run company, veteran owned, like, you yeah. know, we're, we've never raised capital, right? That's so that's awesome. to me, like I've always had that underdog mentality. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we'd love for you all to come support us and um we think you'll like it yeah i want i want the listeners to know that this is not a paid gig this is not a sponsored podcast like i, I know it probably sounds like it it's not this is just how i get when i'm passionate about something mostly I we don't even do that anymore sponsored no. if we don't like it that no. shit's not coming across our radar at not all well, not, here's not the other thing too man i always get nervous when hans calls me and he's like oh we got this business owner coming i'm like oh shit we're going to have another influencer yeah. and I'm going to hate it. And I'm going to have to sit and grit my teeth, but he's just a regular freaking dude. He's a bro. He's a, he's a dude just like everybody else. And just like us, you know what I mean? So I don't want to support big giant companies that have, you know, influencer dudes at the top. Not, not saying that in a bad way. You know what I'm right. saying? 100%. Right? But he's just a freaking good. What I like about guy. what, what you guys are doing is it's obvious that you're taking the money that you're making and putting it back into the business. You guys are spending a lot of money yeah. on development and, yeah. and all that stuff. Um, and you can tell there's companies that just, just, you know, come up with a new shirt design every couple months. And, and I that's, saw that's you're what we supporting were supporting veterans too. Yeah. You guys did that big, uh, fundraiser deal. Yeah. So every veterans day we've donated a hundred percent of profits for three days. Yep. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm proud to say, you know, even though we're not that big of a company, we're approaching $2 million total donated to veteran charities since That's we've been born back in the garage. And actually, so this will, I'll be done by the time this airs, but I was, so we're out in Salt Lake. Obviously I'm out in Salt Lake, the Western hunt expo is going on. They have a big banquet tonight and there's a big, they raise money and they do this big auction at the end. So we, we, worked a drug deal to get in on the auction and what we're auctioning off is a skydive elk hunt experience <laughs> um where we're going to tandem skydive these guys in you know these western hunt dudes probably super rich dudes uh and we're gonna we're gonna skydive them into a ranch in utah and then we're gonna do an elk hunt and, and, Aaron, and you know what they're gonna do it out of my helicopter i'll fly over. there we go hey we'll do it for sure well, we're On looking there so we have aircraft because we're using a ramp aircraft because uh -huh. we got a big crew yep 
but we are looking we want to extract from the field yeah. w- like with the with the donors yeah. like in a helo so if you'd want to do it kind of that would be awesome yeah because we want to have the full experience like extracting sure. from the field we're going to give it a military vibe we're going to do mission planning it'll be me and a bunch of other special operations guys so it sounds like you need a black hawk yeah. to extract. yes that. well it's funny because we were we, that's like the last piece of the puzzle yeah um was like you know can we get a helo it's like it's a nice to have we thought even doing like a spy rig where we like all hook up and like that's how you like come out of like a jungle or a oh, yeah. canopy uh-huh. but you know that would be a little insane to like spy rig up like a, a bull you know F- what I mean FAA <laughs> is extremely yeah um, that might get their attention uh, I don't know what's what I want to use they're, they pay attention to that kind of stuff yeah um, so but yeah we are 100% in Kansas okay um, that's awesome man when is it you know so the, the we will do the hunt in October of okay. this year um, and yeah the auction's going down tonight man so we're I'm nervous I'm like we're, the governor's gonna get us on stage like can it's, you, it's a can big you deal. add to it the description tonight say that it's gonna be in the Blackhawk if if you're 100 percent, dude, I'm in. I am 1,000 percent in, dude. Done. Add it to the description. The, the we head auctioneer, off a Blackhawk ride, two or three weeks ago at a Boy Scouts thing. Okay, it killed it. It's about two and a half. The ranch about two and a half hours from here. Done. Where is it? It's I don't even know. Okay, it's at the. Who, it's guessing who, who's Eastern. jumping? Who's the jumpers? Um, so there's a there's a former seal who runs a company now that they jump into all the football stadiums and the Masters and all that. So yeah. we're contracting it to him. Uh-huh. Um, and then you know we're, who that we're is? uh yeah his name is Nix. Okay. Um, I don't know. And that. Um, I was thinking it would be Joe, but uh, no. We're we're pumped up. You know, there's a, a very wealthy landowner in Utah that is giving us two tags. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a it's there's massive bulls on the property. Um, so they're going to donate that because they, they got this behind is for the charity? cause. Yeah, it's for charity. For veterans. So we're going we're, okay. we're gonna to donate half to wildlife conservation and yeah. then half to veteran charities. Okay. Um, so, like, dude, I think this thing could get a few hundred grand tonight. Should. Um, so it's really cool. We're leveraging, like, the shit we know how to do. You know, some amount of planes in, in our placement to some people that are willing to kind of support it. Definitely. Um, and we're going to try to make it a thing we do every year at the Western Hunt Expo. So yeah. I hope it pops off. We're stoked. We made like awesome. a sizzle reel to get everyone fired yeah. up. They're going to play it. At the, there's 2,500 people are coming to this thing. It's freaking really? insane. That's cool. Last year, the Jimmy John's owner bought the last tag for 500 grand at the Ooh. auction. So it's big money, dude. It's, it's you, know, you know, it's a bunch of patriots. Carl Malone paid like a million dollars for yeah. it. Uh, I don't think it was. I think it was a bighorn sheep, actually. But yeah, those 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 tags are wild, man. Yeah. So yeah, hundred yeah. percent in. Count us in, dude. Add that's the awesome. auction lineup. That's big. Uh, I gotta tell John. A, yeah, yeah. I'm meeting John right before announce. the auction, and I'm gonna. I will tell him you it's on. Who's John? John's the auctioneer. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. yeah, 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 yeah. And he gets everyone going. He's like one of the best guys in the world. Yeah. If you need to do like a selfie video or something in front of the Blackhawk that you want to add, dude. Just, just, do, just do the Diesel Brothers will come out and extract you in a Blackhawk yeah. part of the dude. That done. I'll tell him. Yeah. I love that, dude. This is this is. This is the kind of stuff that I live for. That's why I bought the Blackhawk. I mean, obviously, it was a long, you know, goal of mine that I had since I was little. Um, well, not since I was little. I actually didn't even know that I liked helicopters that much until I turned, like, 21, 22. I served a mission for our church. Um, and I got home, and I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And somebody was like, hey, come do a test flight on a helicopter. So I went up, and I was obviously hooked. I always thought they were cool, but I never really – I didn't grow up in an aviation – well, I kind of did. My grandpa was in the Air Force, but – my dad, my parents, I grew up too poor to know, to even be thinking about <laughs> helicopters or anything like that. So um, I just put it on my list. And, and the whole goal behind the Blackhawk was, like I was telling you before we started the podcast, um, there's a lot of really great people that have served in the military. And they spent a lot of time in those Blackhawks, but their time spent in them wasn't always the greatest. They were getting shot at. They were getting, you know, medevac, whatever it was. And so I thought, man, how cool would it be? If I could actually get a Blackhawk, make it feel very much like a military Blackhawk, but cooler, and then th- let these guys joyride in it. And so I've had a lot of National Guard guys, a lot of close friends of mine now are guys that we brought in to 
fly the helicopter with us, and they freaking love it. So my goal, I think the thing that brings me the most joy in life, well, one of the things outside my family is creating experiences for people. I freaking love it. You're the same way. Yeah. You you built this big house that's designed his house, dude. I've never been to his house when his family's when it's just his family there. There's always some stranger roaming around, always some <laughs> DJ in the background. I got a helipad in my front on nice. my front yard. Hell yeah. And so it's like because we're the same. Like we don't care to I mean, not that we don't want to make money, but like life's about experience, right? Like in fact, just recently for uh for a charity we went and got my helicopter and the Blackhawk, and we picked up presents all over Utah. Oh, yeah. And then we yeah. went and delivered all these presents so to cool, a toy man. drive for, for kids who didn't have anything. Amazing experience, because exactly, that's that's why we do it, for shit like that. So, again, dude, count us in 100% for that, and we'll uh, we'll come out and support and do a, do a whole fun shit for it. Well, it's cool. Like, I, I think when guys that come from humble beginnings find success, there's a tendency, you know, to... When you have, when you create that abundance and that surplus, there is that like you want to share it, right? Oh, sure. And it's so cool that you guys are doing that because yeah. there's a lot of people that are, you know, it's like, no, it's all mine. I gotta, yeah. I'm gonna maximize yeah. my own happiness. But, um, you know, that's a big motivator for me. I'm trying to create abundance in my life so I can help other people. Right. And as we know, when you do that, it's in a way self-serving because it gives you oh, so much it's, fulfillment. It's right? I always so tell people that yeah. that serving and and doing charitable service is is always a bit of a selfish thing for me because yep. of the joy that it brings it is. me. Yeah. It. I mean. Luckily, it's a good thing, right? And it's yeah. good for everybody. But, man, yeah. the joy that it brings me is unmatched. It, it really I, is. I, like I tell people all the time because you always hear that, like, well, well, money doesn't bring happiness. And I'm like, yeah, but have you spent money on other people? Right. Because, dude, that shit brings real happiness. Yeah. I can go buy whatever I want today, but let me tell you how much cooler it is to go spend that same amount of money on somebody else who needs it. And, 100%. again, that's that's why we do what we do because the experiences that we're able now to give people, it is a selfish thing. Yeah. We literally said, I'm like, hey, man, I'm doing this because I find fulfillment and happiness in helping you. Yeah. You know? Well, here in Utah especially, there's a culture, the Mormon culture, and we're all part of the LDS church. Um, we were brought up taught that other people's needs are a priority over ours when it comes to somebody in need. Like, like take care of your neighbor first and everything else will work out for you. It's a very, very service oriented state and community. And so that's always just kind of been part of who we are. And then once we started the business and started having some success, none of us grew up with any money. I mean, these, both your families were probably even a little bit better off than mine was when I was really young. We were like not poor, but we were between poor and kind of lower middle class. Um, and it's just always been something that no matter what, no matter what I'm doing in my life, nothing can bring me the, the amount of satisfaction and joy and motivation to continue to push harder than when I'm able to provide for anybody, yeah. friends, family, I mean, dude, whatever it, it's it is. It's the coolest thing ever. And I mean, I know we're, we're, we're talking about the Blackhawk, but like putting a kid, a young kid who would never in their life even be in a helicopter, putting him in the seat with him while he flies the Blackhawk around. There's nothing like that experience. And it's so much better. I can go buy myself a cool truck. It's not going to be the same experience as taking a young five-year-old kid who's like, Dad, I want to. And he jumps in the Blackhawk with Dave and flies around. It's the coolest thing in the whole world. And and it's cool for an adult. So imagine for a (laughs) five-year-old. Yeah. Just mind explodes. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, that's that's honestly one of my favorite things in the world is putting people in a helicopter and then just – turning back and looking at them while we're flying. <laughs> yeah. And they're just like, because the there's all sorts of different reactions, right? Because some people are terrified. Some people are just like, they can't believe what's happening. But it is it is one thing that I didn't buy it necessarily. I bought it for me, but I bought it for me to be able to 
share. Yeah. I love I love sharing that stuff. Well, here's a off the cuff charity idea. So we, we do this thing. There's a charity called Seal Future Foundation and they help guys when they get out in the next phase of their life and it's a great charity. But they do this ra- fundraiser where we these donors come down to this this place in South Carolina and we take them on like these mock missions. Yeah. So we load up the Hilo. We got 160th pilots um, and, you know, we're all the SEALs are in the back and we're all kitted up. We give them all body armor and these guns yeah. and stuff and we go do like a mission set so they get to feel like they're a part of it. Um, and these guys, I mean, they're paying big money for this, yeah. right? Um, so if, if, you know, maybe if you, if you ever wanted to do something like that, that yeah, would be fun to, to execute, always you know what I mean? Like um, yep. in the 160th guys love it. I mean, they're all retired, right? So they yeah. get to, you know, get back in the seat in front and, yeah. and, but to see the look on their eyes and for us, like it's kind of a cheesy scenario, but for them, like, you know, they had burning cars and we had to go to like, it was a hostage rescue. Yeah. 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 Hold on. Like, how much, how much is it to do this? I meant it. it, it, well, it no, so Joe, <laughs> my buddy, Joe Metzger, he flies the Blackhawk with me. He was a ranger. Um, he has a little aviation helicopter company. And one thing that he's been working on putting on together, he, he's actually based out of Moab. You've been to Moab? Mm-hmm. So Moab, uh, he's like the only turbine helicopter in Moab that's actually commercial. And so he's put together, since he has this, you know, um, special ops background, he's putting together these experiences where you can bring people in. And we're doing the whole, like, these people get their packet. And I can't give you too much information because it's still getting released. But essentially, anybody who signs up for this, they get a packet, like, a month in advance that tells them all the things they got to start doing to prepare. Like they treat it like an actual op. Um, and so these people come in and do getting like night vision goggles, inserts, inserts, extractions oh, at yeah. night. We got, um, river and patrol boat, which is the, uh, Navy, uh, swift water boat, um, that we're going to take them up and down the Colorado river. Like he's got this whole experience laid out and it's designed for, it's a business it's for profit. Okay. But with that, we're going to carve out slots for, for charity, for people to come in and experience it because, I've learned that men our age, I'm 39, 39, 38, 36, 36. You're only 36. No, you're 37. You just turned 37 in September. You're 34, 35. Yeah. So I found that guys our age, um, there's a lot of unhappy men and very unfulfilled. And it's simply because they're not doing hard things. They're just doing their life. They're just going to work. They're coming home and they're drinking or they're doing whatever. They're not putting themselves in stressful environments enough. And the stressful environments that they do put themselves in is just bullshit stress, like financial stress or stress Mm -hmm. at work. They're not stressing their body. And, and, um, we actually did like a survival retreat a year or two ago uh, with a buddy of mine who does these courses where basically, um, he tells you to show up at a location. (laughs) This was wild. He says, show up at this location. It was a park in the middle of nowhere. And he said, um, face west, face the fence, and don't turn around. And be prepared for 24 hours of hell. They put a bag on Couldn't your head? Bring, yep, oh, put a bag yeah. on our head. I've been there, Freaking man. Freaking hogtied us, yep. threw us in the back of a pickup, <laughs> drove us up this canyon in the middle of nowhere, and then each basically gave us each turns. There was like four or five of us. Gave us each turn being the leader of the group and trying to figure out how to survive and get out of this mess. And I do a lot of hard things. I put myself in stressful environments a lot, but this reminded me because after we were done, I felt so alive. I felt so good. I was just like, man, if only, I mean, there's so many people struggling with depression and all these problems that if they would just shake things up a little bit and put themselves in a hard environment and go do something really physically hard or mentally challenging, dude, that goes a long ways and p- men just aren't doing it. So I wanted to create this program where we bring men in. I, I, this is going to be different than the ops program. I was just telling you about, this is more like a, Hey, bring 20 dudes in and change their lives by putting them through a stressful scenario and let, letting them, you know, solve problems and be leaders. Dude, 
our generation needs that so bad. So bad. So, so bad. And the the younger generation, you know, below us, the are we millennials or are we yeah, Gen X? Millennials. Either way. Gen Y? Is that the one below us? <laughs> I don't know. The the younger generation needs this bad because life's too easy. Life has gotten really, really easy. Everybody talks about how hard life is and how crazy <laughs> the world is. Sure it is, but did you eat yesterday? Did you do you have shoes? Do you have got running water? Like we're doing okay. Yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of uh I th- comfort creates um, weakness. Oh yeah, it's right. dangerous. Yeah, it's dangerous. Yeah, we yeah. try. We continue to try to upgrade our our society and our lifestyle, which obviously has a lot of benefits. Right, but there's there's dangers to it too. Hundred percent. Yeah, and especially with the the kids, man, it, it worries me seeing a lot of it. Do you have kids? I got a daughter. Yeah, she's about to be three. Oh. Wow. Um. So like, you know, I'm starting to obviously she's still super young. Um. But raising them in a way where they're you obviously want to provide them a good life, yeah. but you also want them and to be resilient. Right. So it's like, how do you, because a lot of the traits I got was like from watching my parents work hard. Right. Yeah. And like doing hard things and like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like we're raking acorns in the backyard and moving firewood and all like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm to a point now where I could just pay people to do that my whole life, yep. but I don't, I can't because it's like, I have to show her that dad's Absolutely. doing that. Right. I can't have like, you know, these people just tired out all the time, yep. even though I would like to now yeah. that, I feel like I've paid my dues, so like I can do that. Yeah. But it's like now that I have, you know, a little one running around, I'm like, I gotta go back to the old way. You have to establish you know? expectations for what reality is. You know, um, the uh, I, I talk about this all the time. Same problem with my kids. I, I we live a really cool life. We do a lot of cool stuff, and I'm constantly checking myself. Like, am I, am I ruining my kids? Am I spoiling them? Am I, am I helping them? understand that life isn't really like this for everybody and to appreciate what we have like it dude parenting is freaking it's hard. hard it is because a- you just have to be conscious of everything that you do and say around these kids because they're freaking sponges and the they- problem is i mean for you and i specifically is we have created this life for our children that like nothing is really out of reach like i i, I have five daughters oh and geez yeah. and, and no sons no son all dude. girls all that girls. a boy yeah so but dude like i'll i'll say hey let's load up in the helicopter and go have a picnic up at the top of the mountain right like that's right. a normal day he pulls up with a monster truck and his son gets <laughs> he has a like we just created this crazy life which we always wanted and we wanted to create for our children but dude especially for fathers of, of daughters it's really hard to figure out how do i give them what i wish to give them but be able to teach and educate them in the right way and and i i feel feel like I'm I'm getting really good at it now because dude I do I have five daughters and it's like okay so when they act up I can't beat the shit out of them like I can a son right yeah I, I have to figure out something and I have learned for me it's now my role that when hard shit comes that I don't step in like I am I am a phenomenal parent now of saying I love you enough to allow you to hurt and go through pain that unless I need to and, and you know what that means, yeah, right? Yeah. Unless I need to step in, I don't. And one of the hardest things for me is I see a lot of parents, especially in this, this generation of, and I don't know what generation it is, Gen Z or whatever, but I see all these parents that step in and they micromanage and they do all these things for their kids. And then they wonder why their kids can't do anything. They can't even tie their shoes. Yeah. And here I'm thinking, dude, I, I've provided a crazy life for my children. How do I allow them to grow in discomfort when everything in our life is comfortable. Yeah. And so now I, I literally, when I lay things out, I'm like, okay, if that's going to be hard, you're fucking doing it. 
and I'm not going to step in. I'm not going to do it. I don't care if you cry. I don't care if there's pain. Like the life we've created is so good that every opportunity now I have to put you in an uncomfortable situation and not step in, I'm going to do it because you have to learn. Because again, like our kids have no idea what real life is. No No idea. Hey, let's go fly in the Blackhawk and then jump off and go ride a monster truck. And then they have no idea. (laughs) But when you have the opportunity as a parent to go, all right, I could step in and make this really easy for you. I'm not going to do it. I I don't dude. I've watched my, I got a two year old right now. She's a, she's crazy. Hold on. Pause. Pause. One second. Just one second. I got to call Trevor. He's waiting for me. You're good. Milton. Milton. No, Does he Trevor. want it? What up? Um, are you... Where's Nate? Is Nate here? I make my kid pay for half everything. Um, so dude, his th- dirt bike, his no Suron, I I his say guitar. Air, but, like, I've told my children, um, Dad's not paying shop. for shit after Let 18. Me, like, I'm not paying I'm for college. I'm not paying for and sport. Then, um, I'm not, and you're done. You're out. So now, dude, my daughter, like, my oldest, she's 12. She's like, hey, uh, so what's the plan for college? Like she asked me that the other day. I said, I don't know. What's your plan? And she goes, well, are, can we work out? To, um, no. You want to go to college? You got to earn it. Six you got to learn six it. Six years to figure it out. Yeah, you got, I mean, you got, and here's the thing. Like, because how many kids go to college? Their parents pay for shit, oh, and they never take it seriously. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, I said to her, I said, you want to go to college? Get a scholarship. How do you get a scholarship? You're either really good at sports or you get really good grades. Oh, and if you can't, then you pay for it. Uh, so, dude, I've told every one of my so children, once it's done, it's done. Like, I'm going to create a life. I'm going to show you what you can have, but I'm not going to give it to you. London's 15, my oldest daughter. She's driving. She's already saved five grand towards her car because I'm like, I'll pay half whatever you pay. Yeah. So I was like, as much as you get. I'll double it, and that's yeah. what you'll get for a car. So absolutely, she's been hustling and grinding and saving, just and dude, putting and away money. What's so cool is watch how much more successful she will be than the girl who was given the car with all of the things, given everything that they need. Now, yep. I'm not opposed to being the resource to my children. You want to come ask me for advice? Let's do it. You want to come ask me for a, an investment into something? Let's do it. You want to build a business? I'm there. Yeah, but I am not going to step in and go. Hey, uh, I'll pay for that. I'll take care of that. And every one of my children, without fail, no. If I want anything after 18, it's all on me. I mean, again, and my ex-wife, because I, I, I'm remarried, my ex-wife is like, wait, you're not going to pay for their college? I said, no. Well, you're not going to pay for the, uh, their education? You're going to pay for No. When they're 18, it's done and over. You want to go to school? Cool. You don't? T- then don't go. You know, and I think ultimately because of the life that I've created for my children, I'm going to show you what's possible, but you got to go get it. Yeah. Uh, Bear, this podcast is called The Heavy Checklist, and the purpose of the podcast is since we're pilots and some of us fly, um, checklists are very important things. And the, the reason why a checklist is so important is because when you're flying an aircraft, um, there's certain steps that you have to take in order to not die. And so we always say that the checklist items, um, some of them are written in blood, meaning somebody didn't mm-hmm. check that item off the list before they crashed, they died. Um, so we're constantly trying to give people these little just, I'm big on giving tips, tricks, advice, anything like that. And I, I love receiving it too. Like I, there's nothing I love more than talking with somebody and they, they share a perspective or something that's helped them that I have never learned before. So with that theme in mind, um, let's get into some checklist items, things that you just do, whether it's a regular ice bath or whether it's reading, whatever it is, 
what are the things that you would encourage people who want to be successful? Because you, you've tasted some success and you're, you're still on this wild ride that you're growing your business. Um, is there anything that you would share? And it, dude, it can literally be broccoli in the morning. It doesn't yeah. matter. Like, um, mm-hmm. our, our checklist items are so random and diverse. Our, our last one, just to give you an idea, uh, the owner of Black Rifle Coffee, we asked him, and I was thinking he was going to come out with some great ones. Diary. He gave us one. He literally Evan? gave us one. Evan? Yeah. Evan was like, you need to do better at sleeping. Oh yeah, that was his checklist. Totally, yeah. I've been because taking naps. Sleep that is would have been, literally that like, would have been on my list. Yeah. yeah. So, so with that said, and and for the listeners, because we like to give them tangible deliverables, right? What is your <laughs> checklist items to become successful? I think just breaking it down on a day to day, like zooming in a little bit. I think um, some things I do. I have a cold tub and a sauna at the house, um, so that's been huge. You know, I was kind of going through you know some some tough stuff, and I realized like, all right, I gotta like. I have to find ways to mitigate stress and, you know, kind of stay even keel. So that's what I did. Um, sleeping is so big. Like if yeah. there's literally any lever you can pull on, it's like, let's literally sleep, go yeah. to bed earlier. Yep. Get, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's, and it's harder. It's easier said than done. Of course. Um, you know, for me, I started doing journaling in the morning. It's just a little journal that you write down a few things and it's like top three priorities, three things I'm grateful for and like a daily affirmation, like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to kick ass today or like, I'm going to kill that meeting or whatever you're pretty it is. Consistent with that. I, I'm like, I'm doing it like three or four days a week. I'm, I'm close, big. but it's so easy. It takes like, you know, usually I like, I'll, I'll pour a, you know, a cup of coffee and I'll go over right. to the desk and I'll open it up. And then, you know what I mean? And then when you get home that night, you're supposed to say like three things that went well today and you kind of close it out. Right. Um, I, I, I'm not obviously like a scientist or anything, but they've talked about how that creates like, you know, kind of chemical activity in the brain to get you on a positive outlook immediately to start the day. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, it, and it also kind of lines out what are, what are my top three, you know, especially for busy guys like us that have a million things going on. It kind of focuses you in. So maybe you look at your planner on your phone of like, oh, shit, I got that meeting at 10. And then, oh, damn, I got to go, you know, meet with the city about this building. Okay, so my top three are now this. And it just focuses you in. So that, um, cold tub, sauna, I mean, nutrition's huge, I think. Um, I get like my meals delivered. Um, every day. Um, and who do you use? She, so she's local in Virginia beach okay. it's, it's catalyst nutrition, but yeah. she's works with a lot of the seal teams, but she basically, you do a DEXA scan and then you get your like lean body mass. And then she gives you your macros based on your, your goals. Mm-hmm. And then like, you basically just eat what's in the bag every day and it's awesome food. Yeah. And she gets you within a gram of every macro. It's crazy. So if you were to make it a checklist item, how would you say that? Uh, I dial in your nutrition, okay. um, dial in your nutrition. sleep, you know, get rest, you know, I, also working out like I think people should be working out five days a week yeah. just my opinion yeah. it goes I back to your hard like do let's, something hard let's go back to your dialing nutrition yeah. thing because that's broad if you drill that down a little bit I know that not everybody can afford meal prep it's true it's sometimes you know cost prohibitive but you can start prepping meals for yourself totally at home dude crock pot with chicken dude. like literally yeah. Go, yeah. go to the like you know that will literally feed you for the whole week yeah. can, can I also yeah. I, I gotta bring this up I used to agree with that until recently. I think almost everybody can afford a, a prep company because I know how much people spend on bullshit. Right. Like to get a bag of Doritos yeah. is like four mils on prep company. Right. And so the, the only reason I want to say that is because I think for some people that are listening that have just written it off, like, I don't make enough money. It's like, dude, between the coffee that you buy at Starbucks, mm-hmm. the McDonald's that you had, and the Doritos that you ate, that's that's five days of right. prep because these prep companies make it pretty damn ap- affordable yeah and i'm not shouting out any prep company I, there are a lot of prep companies that you literally for two dollars a mill can have someone send you 
And I think it's important to say that because I think if somebody actually broke down and they're like, I have $200 a month, it's like, well, shit, dude, for 100 bucks a month, you can have one or two meals made well, for here's, you. Here's what I'm going to commit to because I'm going to commit to this checklist. I don't, I'm, I'm terrible at planning my meals. Uh, in fact, recently. You're also a snacker so, too, dude. You are a snacker. I kind of snack, but recently I've, I found myself, I don't eat very much during the day at all. And then at night, my wife the other night, she's like, she's like, she's like, I just noticed like over the last year or so, you consume all your calories at night, at like night. right before bed. Same. I just, I just get too busy or whatever's going on throughout the day. Also, and then at night usually, I just go ham. It's usually a gas station. I try, that, that's the thing. So my, I'm, I'm committing to prepping at least one meal per day, uh, five days a week. Can yeah. I shout out a company? Yeah. So I've recently been responsible for making all the meals in the home because, you know, Heidi's situation, yeah. right? And so that's been a really hard thing. And I was going to the store and like, I still, I shop every week, right? Yeah. So I have to get the meals. And like, by the time I was like buying broccoli and I was buying a meat and I was grabbing the bread or whatever it was and putting it all together, I was spending like $60, right. $70 a meal. This beehive uh, meal company or something, right? Comes in a bag. It's already prepped. I put it in a crock pot in, at freaking 10 o'clock in the morning. Five o'clock, it's done. I spend 20 minutes making rice and everything's there and it costs $20 to feed my family of yeah. six. That's and, why I think and it's been a game changer. nutritious, good food. And like it's your kids good are getting food. like nutrition. It's a big deal guys. Um, so even if it's, you know, we don't want, we're not going to talk to people's financial situations because no. everybody's different, but yeah. um, if possible, I, this, I really like this one because this one connects so many dots. Yeah. If you're feeling sad slow lethargic lazy low energy whatever it's your food it's most likely what you're eating yep, like 100%. that's that's so start there if you think you're depressed try eating better yeah and see what happens it literally changes everything um, your gut is your second mind right. and when you treat that like shit and you eat like shit you feel like shit and you think like shit Did you know that 90 percent of your body's serotonin is stored in your gut yep so it's if crazy. you don't feel good it yeah. means that your gut biome is not processing 100 you know it's because that blood barrier down there in your gut like yep. all the nutrition is passing through it people don't even think about it. I, how are you not going to eat at night, dude? That's dude, my it, big it, thing. It's how hard, do you but do I'll, that? I'll tell you. How you, do I not eat at night? Yeah, like you said, I have the same problem. But no, I th it's okay for deal. me. It's working for me because it's not like I'm binging at night and then eating like shit throughout the day. I eat very little throughout the day now, and then at night I just load up and my body. And it okay works with it. for him. That doesn't work for me. I, I'm on the same as you. Like I actually have a chef now at the house that nice. is there pretty much twenty four seven. And I eat the exact same meal every single day. And, dude, it's it's game-changing because then I'm not looking for what I'm going to eat, which then sends me down the rabbit hole of Oreos and Doritos. I already know my meal's ready. It's warm. She's made it, and I'm done. I have three of those a day made for me. And, dude, eat in every aspect of my life, it has gotten better because someone has prepped my meals for me. Nutrition, I'm telling you right now, this is such a good checklist. Nutrition is a huge piece to success. And I think within that, another really easy one, First thing in the morning, freaking hydrate. And that doesn't oh, mean just yes. chug a glass of water. I use the LMNT packets, yep, but if yep. Dales are a little expensive, they're like, I think a buck fifty a piece. Yeah. Poor man's version, just take a lemon, squeeze a half a lemon in there and some Himalayan salt, yep, salt. right? Good to go. Yep. But in, so a lot of people, it's like they get to noon. They've had, or what have, all right, what have you eaten? I've had three cups of coffee and like a granola bar. And it's like, no wonder you're lethargic right. at noon because you're dehydrated yeah. and you haven't put anything in your body. Yeah. Most people you know I mean? don't realize that coffee actually dehydrates yeah, you. So They're like, well, that's my first thing I drink. Well, yeah. cool, dude. You just want a whole night dehydrating yeah. yourself and then started it off with dehydrating And it's yourself. now noon and you haven't had any water. Exactly. So like that's an easy one. For those that are feeling lethargic like early afternoon, that it, it 
hydrate. And then throughout the day, if you can pump fluid, like we yeah. get busy. So yeah. even if you got to go to the break room and just chug a glass of water yeah. in two seconds, just to keep it going. I make all um, these cocktails, um, like all these supplement cocktails. I'm big on trying different things. I don't I'm recommend you take any of heavy D's cocktails. <laughs> <laughs> it, um, the one that I love and that you can mix with anything is AG1. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, green drink. Seen that. Um, and, and we also have a company that we work with. Uh, Redmond. Redmond. Yeah. And they, so they I, do I mix hydration. AG1 with the Redmond salt. It is, yes. dude, I feel hydrated for the rest of the day. Yeah. I can drink that one time in the morning and I like, yeah. if I miss water drinking for the rest of the day, I'm usually okay. So it's a big deal. Um, I like that. So you've got um, nutrition and not just nutrition, but I'm going to challenge people to go out and try to replace one meal a day with something that they're either buying from a meal prep service or grab a crock pot or just go freaking put some chicken in a Tupperware. Like just do something to prepare yourself because that's going to be the difference between you getting clean, healthy, you know, energy or going to McDonald's and getting something that's not going to, not going to do you any good. So I love that one. Um, morning time hydration is another huge one. So, uh, again, go buy liquid IV or whatever. Liquid IV has a lot of sugar. Some of them have less sugar. Um, Go get Redmond Real Salt. Yeah. That's the one I love. That's what I um, like, too. That's what they I They have take the electrolyte package. Mm-hmm. Uh, AG1. Or if you can't afford that, go get yourself a freaking lemon and yeah. some, some salt. And it's good. It yeah. is good. Yeah. I actually yeah. enjoy it. Um, I found that actually drinking room temperature water in the morning is yep. way better for you than trying to drink cold mm-hmm. water. Because, I don't, well, I, somebody told me that your body's trying to warm up the cold and it's just kind of confusing you. But warm water has always, especially if you have a problem like not being regular for going to the bathroom, if you drink that cocktail yep. of, of lemon juice and salt in the morning, it will make you more regular. Yeah. Yeah. Like it just gets things like dialed so okay so nutrition is on your checklist what else i want to throw in one real quick um going along the lines of sleep go get some some mouth tape try it okay have I've you heard, done it I've, i haven't i've heard about it so heard about it, it. some what it yeah. is so i'm meeting with the owner of hostage yes. tomorrow so hostage um, tape is what i was going to say to yeah, you so i'm meeting with him tomorrow and literally he said that to me he goes bro when you come down here tomorrow i'm going to get you like this whole thing and i'm like bro don't Fucking I tape my mouth shut, <laughs> dude. Hold on, he my... was like, "No, dude, just trust me on this one." Even with a beard, it's it'll stick. Yeah, yeah okay. dude, their yeah. stuff is legit. Hostage right. tape is the only stuff that sticks to a mustache. Okay, um, you can't have chapstick on. You got to dry your lips off a little yeah. bit, dude. Let me this show is you legit. This. I did the same thing. I don't even know what you're talking about. So okay, so you there's your mouth company, shut when you sleep. You there's a company called mouth. Hostage Tape. They have okay. they have nasal strips and they have tape that you literally tape over your mouth. And they have a crazy study. I'm not even gonna get into it because I'm not that person. But essentially. We as humans should be breathing through our nose, not through our mouth. Like, okay. that's a huge issue. That's probably what he's going to bring up. Yeah. But, dude, the, so the, the guy's like, just shut up and listen to me. I'm going to take that shit off, and I promise you the way you sleep with your mouth shut is 10 times better than when you Well, go. there's there's actual science behind yeah, it. I know. Not I, just I like, didn't get into the so science. I have, a, I have the eight sleep sleep pod cover, mm-hmm. and it, it gives you a sleep score every night. Yeah. Um, I forgot to use my my mouth tape for like the last six months. I just kind of went through phases, and I wasn't sleeping very good. And I looked at my sleep score on on eight sleep, and I averaged eighty two percent or eighty two was my sleep score. Yeah. It's between zero and a hundred. I started doing my mouth tape again. Um, What's today? Friday. I started last Sunday. My average sleep score has already gone up to ninety five. So that okay. means and and your sleep score consists of like heart rate variability. Yeah. Um. Your freaking uh, REM sleep, light sleep, deep sleep, all the stuff that that you need to track. It's all tracked right you, here. They go in and say like when you're mouth breathing, it like changes your jaw and like it, they, it changes tons, your, the whole. There's tons the whole of science, dude. It changes the way your face looks. Yep. 
And so he was like, dude, well, shut your mouth. He said, I want you to start doing your cardio with your mouth shut, and I want you to sleep with your mouth shut. I guarantee you things will change. And if you, if you get up to pee during the night, you won't anymore because you dehydrate yourself breathing through your mouth. Okay. It's actually kind of a, a counterintuitive thing, but people don't realize that when you breathe through your mouth, you are You're literally evaporating water vapor. Yeah, the yeah. moisture, and, and, and that's why um, – and then your – I can't remember why it makes you pee. There was – there's a connection there somehow, but essentially your body feels dehydrated and then you're going to the bathroom more and more and more. So, so you're adding to the checklist, get your mouth go, shut. Go to, go get hostage tape. Okay. Uh, we have no deal with hostage we tape. Don't. You just mentioned that, you know, I, yeah. I, I, I just buy it online. You can buy a, a year supply for it's very cheap and it's solid stuff and it will change. Dude, it'll change your life. That's on the checklist. It really will change your life. I have a, my brother-in-law, he has some serious issues sleeping, super healthy guy, just just a solid dude, but he was having issues. And I was like, dude, try this. Every time I see him for the past two years, he like, thank you. Thank you for the, for telling me about this. Cause it like changed yeah. my life. It, it really does. It, it has, I'm actually trying to get my kids to start doing it because I, I've read this book. Um, it's called breathe by James Nestor. It will scare the shit out of you. It'll make you feel like you've been breathing wrong your whole yeah. life. Cause you have been. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's a big one because once you start getting, used to breathing through your nose, which you can train yourself at night while you're sleeping, you'll start doing it more throughout the day. Yeah. And the more you breathe through your nose, just in general, the yeah. better you, you even get more nitric oxide in your yep. blood. You get a better pump at the gym because yep. your nose has these cavities that are actually able to absorb nitric oxide from the air yep. and put it straight into your blood where your mouth can't do that. Yep. Dude, there's there's so many benefits. So I wanted to throw that one on there. Oh yeah. Um, anything else you got? Um, Working out is critical yeah. to me. Five, five days a week, um, if you can get in there, get after it, get your heart rate up. Um, you know, that's just good for so many different ways. So, I mean, that's a, you got to do that. I, mean, I know everyone says, oh, I can't find time. Like, you got to make it a Bullshit. priority. Yeah, right. You got time. Um, you know, if you're, if you're watching a couple hours of Netflix every night and doing all these other things, like, trust me, you have time. Yeah. So, I think that's a big one. Um, so, you know, we, we how, talk- do you, how, do you, how do you work out when you're not seeing progress? I've been feeling this lately. I, I, and I know I'm not pushing myself very hard, but yeah. how do you push yourself to the point where the motivation comes back to work out? Is, do you guys have any so, tricks? Well, I would say this, because this was going to be one of my next things. And this is a little bit more like kind of taking things to the next level. But I get like a full blood panel done every three to six months. Yeah. I'm talking they draw 30 plus vials of blood, yeah. every little metric. And, I, you know, I have an endocrinologist look at everything and we break it all down. And, hey, how can we mitigate this and this? And then you recheck it. Um I think that's critical because yeah. it's, I mean, that's like what's making everything work properly. Yeah. Right. So like, you know, last few, like my, I found my stress levels, everything was great except like stress levels. And that was like, that's a yeah. kill shot. So we had like, or what can we do to mitigate that? Yeah. How much caffeine are you consuming? So a lot of it was external stressors in life mm-hmm. that happen that you, you know, do the best you can, but it's like, okay, I'm going to go get a cold tub. I'm going to get a sauna. I'm going to take some stress supplements that yeah. bring cortisol, you know? So by seeing that and being able to pinpoint it, you can make major tweaks that helps you know so right. for you i would maybe start there by seeing yeah, i need to go know, my put my panel check under the hood see what you're working with yeah. because that might explain some of that yeah uh and then behind it would be your nutrition right? right so when you leave the gym are you getting like protein and carbs within 30 minutes are you yeah. doing or are you coming right here which he's definitely and, not i know, and, you know i know I mean? you so, work out but the nutrition is a is a hard piece yeah. um so that's you know an easy solve right there right. so for me i always pack in the car um i go to the gym in the morning i have a this cherry juice thing i pack i have a, a perfect bar and then a big protein shake with a scoop away and a scoop of collagen and then you know like almond milk right yeah so when i when i'm driving from the gym to the office it's like a 10 minute drive yeah. i down all three of those because i know okay now i'm good now 
I hit my window, you know what I mean? Because right. I know I'm going to get bombarded with questions and go right into meetings and then, you know, it might be two o'clock before I eat again. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you, you got to do the little shit right or yeah. you're just, I mean, you're just going to plateau. Especially, right. you know, we're, you get, we're getting a little older, right? It's not like it's different now. It is. That's, yeah. I think that's the thing. Yeah. It's different now. My body's, I feel great. My body's just doing things differently. It's responding differently than, than it used to. So I have to get ahead of that and figure out what changes I can make now because I'm not going to feel those changes for another six months or yeah. whatever it is, you know, cause not all the stuff's instant. So it's, it's, it's part of that process of being disciplined to do something that doesn't have an immediate payoff. Yeah, yeah. totally. But it's, it does. It's just not. Yeah, yeah. But you're also a conundrum cause a lot of people don't look like you and eat like you and work out like you. Yeah. If you guys knew what I ate. I, yeah. I've been there, dude. If I eat with you for more than a week, I gain 30 or 40 pounds. <laughs> yeah, my body, my body just, <laughs> it's true, dude. If I go on vacation with him, like we're eating it at, cause we both like gas station food. So I'm like, yeah, let's do it, man. Holy shit. I'm 30 pounds up. Yeah, and I, he's like, I lost 12 pounds. <laughs> I, I stay pretty consistent. My weight. Yeah. Um, let's see. We've got, I like these. These are, and the thing about these is these aren't anything new or innovative. No, these are these. And uh, the reason why I like them is because they're, they're, time uh they're they've been time tested like these are things that actually work for everybody this is not just a hey this might work for you you should yeah. try this this is just kind of like a general human principle that if you follow these little steps your life could become exponentially better i think it's kind of crazy that every time we have somebody give us their checklist it's always based around their health right with sleep, with yeah. nutrition, with working out. Like, it's always the same shit. You want to do better, you have to be better. Right. And that's something I think that needs to be noted. Like, he's successful. He's done nutrition and working out and taking care of himself. Evan from Black Rifle right. Coffee, he's like, oh, man, you need more sleep. It's like, dude, here I am thinking that these guys are going to give us a checklist. It's like, hey, man, here's what you should do. Wake take up at 2 a.m. Yeah, take $100,000 and then put $100,000 here. It's like, no, 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 no. The checklists are always fairly similar. Take care of yourself better right. and you perform better in everything you ask yourself to do that's yep. a big deal yeah and i think beyond kind of this these day-to-day -day things i think now that i'm out of the military you know transitioning out of the military or any team environment is really hard right because you lose a lot of your purpose yeah. and i've kind of had a couple of years to think about this and i think just especially for men but this is true for the ladies too but especially kind of middle-aged men life gets hard get kids maybe divorces, maybe, you know, all these things happen. Whereas when you're in 20s, like, usually shit you don't have to worry about. Yeah, like, right. we just want to run around and smash a bunch of beers and have a good time, right? <laughs> yeah. Life gets, I think, starts to get a little more real in your 30s, right? Yeah, yeah. Things are a little more serious. So I think for me, the two biggest things that are checklist items is you have to find purpose in community, yeah. right? And if you come from, like, let's say a military unit, you're, you're going to lose a very big community immediately, and there's going to be a giant void in your life. Yeah. And you have to find it. So for me, like, these are little ones. Like, I... You know, I found community at church, right? Like, it's a cool church. Like, there's, it's, it's all a bunch of cool people. Like, the what pastor's cool. It's called Ascent Church. It's in Virginia Beach. Just a Christian non Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. cool. You know, the, he always puts out a good word. And, you know, it's just a bunch of cool families there. Yeah. And you hang out in the lobby before it starts. And they got a band that plays in the beginning. And, he, you know what I mean? It's like, okay, these are, it's, it, I found, now it's not the SEAL teams, right? right. But there, I, I found some community. I feel like I'm a part of yeah. something. You you got to find purpose too, and now yeah. you know for that's that our parents parents hopefully that's a big part of your purpose. Right. But as men, we want to conquer shit, and we, we need to have purpose. And I feel like if you can check those two boxes, a lot of these men that are depressed and feel like they're just going through the motions, and you know, ten years go by, they're like, what the hell? Just you know what I mean? They're just lethargic, and you know, you're just day to day by day. Right. 
find purpose, find community. Um, even if, if you put yourself out there, I mean, shit, join a kickball league. I yeah. mean, you know what yep. I mean? Like, Maybe you'll find, you know what I mean? That's and then, actually a really good one yeah. for guys our age. Go join a softball team. Yeah. And then you you guys will get beers after the game. <laughs> I don't know about <laughs> softball, um, man. Or whatever. You know what yeah, I mean? It I really, lost all um, my teeth there. Oh, so. Yeah. Um, so, so I think for me, now that I look back, you know, because unfortunately, man, we, we get a lot of guys that end up taking their lives. Yeah. Uh, and they're really good, awesome dudes that you think just have it all figured out. Yeah. And it's like they lost community, man. They lost purpose. Yeah. They yeah. went from being this elite, you know, dude who with with all his best buddies around him all the time. You know what I mean? We're yeah. all wired the same and all of a sudden he leaves and he's, you know, a couple states away and he's not around anyone like that ever again. Yeah. And then there's no purpose. And right. so you've got to refine that man if you're so I think those would be my big two like outside of kind of I the day to day man. Like Community and purpose. Yeah. Community and purpose. I like those. And that's sometimes overwhelming when you first look at that like oh how, what's my purpose like how do I find my purpose you know what I mean that's a that's a thing that's kind of scary and intimidating because a lot of people um it goes back to that indecisive thing like if you decide what your purpose is that doesn't necessarily mean that that can't change and evolve I w- I've always been so afraid to set goals because I'm afraid that if I set a goal I might get stuck going a direction that would prevent me from being able to capitalize on an opportunity that just randomly presented itself so I walk this fine line between having kind of general goals like this this I, ha- I do have some specific goals but I re- very rarely set them simply because if I set a specific goal then I'm just gonna go freaking beeline towards that and I'm gonna forget everything else so I have to be careful what I put on my vision board we've talked about this yeah. before it's have you ever done a vision board no I haven't no I, I'm kind of like I keep some things on a post-it note you know yeah. what I mean and yeah. um but uh, I I like your approach though too because the, the game changes and you got to be able to pivot and if you get too yeah. laser focused maybe on a a goal you created in your head maybe not for the right reasons right but it's just like no or this is what I want to accomplish yeah. you might be blinded to other opportunities you have to yeah. leave a reasonable amount of flexibility yes. in your plans because better opportunities will come, especially if you're doing the right stuff if you're working out you're doing you're dialed in Dude, you won't even have to look for opportunities because that stuff will just fall in your lap because you're associating yourself with different people. Life just changes when you start taking these little steps to be just a little bit more self-disciplined. Yeah. Um, my final checklist item that I want to add is I've noticed um, more so recently that uh, my body, my my I'm like a phone, like a, like a, I have a battery from zero to hundred percent. And there's people that I hang out with that I notice. It's like when I have 30 apps open on my phone, my battery dropping fast mm-hmm. because those people aren't necessarily charging me. And then I found, and it sounds so dumb and so simple, but it's true. There's people that zap your energy and there's people that recharge you. Go find the people that recharge you. And even if it's just changing one relationship that you have, go spend more time with the person that lifts you up and recharges you and you'll know after you're done hanging out with somebody you'll just flat out know how you feel do you feel fulfilled do you feel ambitious do you feel excited do you feel hopeful then you're hanging out with somebody who's good for you on the other hand if you leave and you feel like man we just talked about so many people and drama and these different things and it was kind of a negative conversation bro your battery will drop from 100 to 50 real quick so you have to start paying attention to who you're around because we're absorbing each other's energy. Yep. Like right now I feel great. I feel like I I'm on the top of the world because I'm surrounded by, you know, three dudes that are actually like ambitious and excited. And, and we're here on a Friday afternoon talking about becoming better people. Well, guess what? That means that you guys probably have similar goals to me and it makes a big difference. So go find those people, go find your chargers and connect with them a little bit more than, than maybe you do with the people that are not necessarily lifting you up yeah that's a big one and it's kind of 
general and broad, but you know what I'm talking about. And you can pinpoint those relationships and figure out which ones you need to, to spend more time with. So uh, anybody else got checklist items? No, I, I would agree with you on that last one. That last one's a big one for me. We got I mean, some big ones, yeah. yeah we, all the ones that were listed are great, but that last one's a big one, I think. It's huge because it's one of those things that you don't really pay attention to until it's almost too late. And then you're so bogged down, and you're like, why is everything so shitty? Right. And then you go, oh, shit, it's because of the people that I've been in, I've had in my circle, you know, yep. which I would say if I would add to that, I would say learn how to cut people out mm -hmm. and learn how to make hard boundaries because when you're running on empty a lot if you're not willing to cut people out you're going to continue to run on empty right and I, I mean that's how i am like him and i have a really great relationship where like usually when we say hey let's go do something it's because we both know we're low on energy yeah. and we're going to go do something that's going to get us back up to where we, we want to be yeah. you know so i would say to add to that just cut learn how to cut people out i like it i think that's a that's a that's a healthy list we're starting with um, the first one was, what was the first one? Shit, we talked too much. Well, there was the a, one? if you want a journal in the morning, right, and journal. you can buy the ones that has like the preloaded yeah, questions. Yeah, yeah. That's, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a knuckle drag. I just like that. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm not going to like write out my thoughts. I just <laughs> yeah. like, tell me what to write. Yeah. Um, oh, they have them with questions. Yeah. yeah. It'll be like, what are your top three? And like, what's your daily affirmation? Like and then three things you're grateful for. And those are cool, man, because that, that question gets you in the right frame of mind of being, being optimistic. And, yeah. and like, it gives you on a positive note, like, Hey, yeah. I'm, I'm grateful to be a father. I'm grateful to have, you know a warm bed that my daughter can sleep. You know what I mean? Like these, yep. they're yep. good ones that like put things in perspective. Yeah. Cause when it's, you just wake up and it's quiet, house is quiet. Like you're, you're not going to be like, Oh, I'm grateful to have a nice like car. Like, right. you know, like it'll be not surface level shit that will come to your mind and yeah. it gets you right in the right frame of mind. This is um, a common theme yeah. that we hear from a lot of our guests too, is that same thing. Keep a journal. Evan Hafer said yeah. the same thing. So no, it, he said a diary, a diary. There you go. Start journaling. Even if it's just a little grab a preloaded, you know, deal, yep. um, hydration in the morning, whether it's electrolytes or just some lemon and salt, um, nutrition, pay attention to your meals and specifically try to figure out a way to take one meal a day and make it better, whether you're prepping it or buying it. Um, mouth tape, go get some hostage tape. Yep. Uh, that's a big one. I really think you guys will really love that. Yeah. It's I'm a, well, it's I'm a weird feeling at first. I'm going to get him on the podcast. We'll get him on the podcast. Uh, that would be great, actually. Yeah. I'd love to do that. The It's weird because when you're first laid down, especially during cold and flu season, you get a little stuffy and then you yeah. can't breathe. But your body regulates within a couple of minutes. And next thing you know, it has to breathe. So it figures it out. Mm -hmm. I always leave it to my nose every night to figure it out. And it does. Within a couple of minutes, like sometimes I'll have to crack my tape and like take a couple of deep breaths <laughs> and then put it back on because I like <laughs> start to panic. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's, it's a big deal. Um, on top of that, there was the uh, inventory, you know, who you're spending time with and who's lifting you up, who's, who's not necessarily recharging you. And then did you have another one? Cold tub, sauna, yeah. uh, working out, yeah. um, community and purpose. Community and purpose is a huge And one. then, you, like you said, who you surround yourself with, yeah. right? And find people that charge you, charge the battery back up. Yep. Yeah. That's a healthy list. Bear, you're a, you're an inspiration, man. I uh, I love watching what you built. I, we don't know each other that well yet, but I can tell that you are my kind of dude. You're somebody who isn't afraid to take risks, but at the same time, you're not some reckless bastard out there. You're kind of that 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 nice blend of wild man, businessman, you know what I mean? Like mullet, your part, your business in the front party in the back. <laughs> you just, you, you, you feel like, I feel like you've got a good, pretty good program going. And I really do want all of our listeners to go freaking take advantage of that, that 20%. very generous offer. Diesel 20. Diesel We're 20 doing it. on bornprimitive.com or 
bornprimitiveoutdoors.com. Yeah, bornprimitiveoutdoor Outdoor. and then bornprimitivetactical.com. Okay, and we'll yeah. put those all in the show notes and the link in the description on the YouTube video. Um, really think people should get in there and, and try it out because yeah. it's, it's good stuff, especially if you're hard on clothes or if you need pants. If, you, if you've got an athletic fit and you've got pants that don't fit very well, go get some of the stretchy denim. Yeah. It's oh, really yeah. Good stuff. You even got jorts. Oh, my God. You got, you, I think I've seen more pictures of you in jorts. Dude, <laughs> that's the, yeah, the backstory of that is insane. But yeah, the jorts is how it all started, man. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, Diesel Dave, our yeah. other partner who's not here right now, I have not seen him wear pants in 10 years. No. Right? Unless we got to get him the cowboy. Boots. We got to get him the BP jorts. Yeah, we do. Okay. Because we'll I mean, I'll send him a 10 pack. He'll yeah, be good. Yeah, we'll he'll, be, he'll be so pumped. <laughs> and that'll last him three years because he wears the same shorts. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Every day. Uh, Bear, you're the man. Anything else? Any parting words? No, I mean, I really appreciate you guys uh, having me on. Like, you know, honestly, like this does go a long way for the business. And I know you guys have a good platform, but it's 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 awesome to share, uh, you know, thoughts with like-minded individuals. And, and congratulations to you guys for everything you build. And it's, yeah. it's awesome you've been able to create – surplus in your lives and you're using it for good um and so and thank you so much for being willing to be a part of the the, yeah we're we're excited about that let's make it um so we'll fire that up tonight i'll shoot you a text let you know how it goes um but that's awesome very generous of you for to do that and and thank you so much for having me perfect yeah absolutely guys like always please make sure to give us a like uh if you drop a comment we got the smoke machine going off right now oh there we go close it out for those of you who uh (laughs) on audio uh and you're not watching the video you should go to our youtube because our desk is a pickup truck flatbed, and it's got exhaust stacks, and they actually blow smoke. No, nope, no. Nope. <laughs> fog. There we go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yep. Yeah, so uh, anyways, guys, thank you for everything. Thank you, Bear, and we'll see you on the next one. Hell yeah. Thanks, guys.